Hello podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of Living Well with Kathleen Saunders, your weekly podcast where we discuss the financial, physical, spiritual, and social well-being of everyday people like you and me. The information shared in this show is for general information purposes only and should not be used to make any personal changes to your lifestyle or health without consulting the appropriate financial, medical, or healthcare professionals. My guest today is Karen A. Baker. Those of you who have been following my podcasts will remember her from my very first episode, Are You Financially Prepared? In that episode, Karen talked about estate planning, having a just-in-case file, and blended families. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, I invite you to go back and listen to episode one. Today, Karen will be talking about decluttering and what papers to keep and what to get rid of, as well as understanding your group benefits and preparing for retirement. So get your pens and paper out in case you want to make notes as Karen shares some really useful information that we all need to hear. All right. Well, welcome, Karen, and thank you for being my guest today. Oh, it's a pleasure, Kathleen. I'm so glad you decided to come back. I'm looking forward to your topic on speaking about decluttering documents and understanding your group benefits and so much more. You know, we all accumulate so much paper these days, which enters our lives through many different forms, whether it be through the mail, shopping or grocery receipts, you know, school assignments, test results and so on. You know, this pile of paper can pretty much add up really fast should we do when we have all of this paper? Can you walk us through that today? Well, thank you, Kathleen. Um, you know, we are moving towards an age where we ideally should be moving towards a paperless society. But you and I know that we all have paper. Every day we have to touch paper. Yes. And the important thing, <laughs> the important thing when it comes to uh, decluttering is to understand what you have. And there's a lot of quick ways to declutter really quickly. And, you know, one way to declutter really quickly is put your house up for sale. Okay. <laughs> when you put your house up for sale, it's an automatic declutter. But, you know, you and I know that we all can't put our home up for sale right. or move if we're rented. So the first thing we need to do is to understand why we're keeping what we're keeping. So whether it's uh, paper, whether it's our spouse or kids, family member, you know, we can look at decluttering in different ways. But for today's call, we're going to talk about paper. Right. So the first thing we need to do is to understand why are we keeping the paper? You know, we get statements in the mail from our financial institutions, from insurance companies, um, from families and friends. Now, why do you need to keep it? And what's the worst that can happen if you actually got rid of it? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing to identify. Uh, the second thing is um, decluttering is not moving it from one room to another. That's not decluttering. Decluttering is having um, different systems whereby you say, okay, this document, I do need to keep it. How long do I need to keep it for? Then you place it in its right position. Right. And the next document, for example, if you get your insurance renewal this year, my question is what's the point of keeping last year's copy there's no reason to keep it true so true right yeah, yeah. No, no there's no reason even bank statements what's mm. the purpose of keeping 2014 bank statements 
we already know what took place because we're in 2020, right? right? So always go out with the old and in with the new. So I'm not sure if that answers the question. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that, out with the old and in with the new. Uh, so mm. basically the banker's statements and the uh, insurance and those types of things, once we've renewed or if the, if it's a warranty, once that expires, then again, you're basically saying there's no use for it again. So get rid of that and in with the new. Yeah, I know in the last call I talked about, I believe I shared that with you, that just-in-case file. Yes. Right? That document. Okay. That file is like literally like your Bible. It tells you, okay, these are some of the important documents that you should always have in place, right? So I would really recommend that you have a long-term spot and a short-term spot. And what exactly do I mean by that? Documents that you will be um, looking at on more on a regular basis. So, for example, your utilities, your cell phone, um, if you're paying monthly car insurance, like whatever it is, keep that in more like the alpha file. Alpha file by um, alpha file, sorry, by month. So you know you're paying certain bail on certain months. You keep it in that file. So that will be like your short term file. Mm-hmm. And then you have your long term file, which could be your mortgage paper, your your investment, um, your car insurance, your home insurance, um, marriage contracts, um, contracts for your home, right? Because those documents. For the most part, you do need to keep them indefinitely. Right. Right. And as yeah, and those documents, you need to keep them. I would suggest that you keep them in a fireproof, waterproof storage in your home. That makes sense. Yeah. If you keep it in a box, and there's a fire, what do we need to out fire? Water. Mm-hmm. You put water on the box. That's all it. those documents are gone. Right. So fireproof that and water, need- fireproof and waterproof. Uh, like a Ziploc bag for the plastic, for the waterproof, and then, I don't know, a metal tin or something like that, a security deposit box, would you say? Yeah. Something like yep. that. Just go mm-hmm. to Staples or Walmart and buy a safety deposit box. Right. And just hide it in your closet. If somebody's going to rob your house, the last place they're going to go is in your closet. Because nobody steals clothes Close, when right? they're robbing True. your home. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're not going to be looking in your closet for like money right so you know there's different places in your home where you can put that True. into the deposit box right that's good right? but make sure it's fire and waterproof yeah right so you i know you talked about we are supposed to be moving away from uh paper society to paperless society so you know what would you say is the best system to uh, put in place to keep these documents would you say go digital or hard copy and actually have that file in alpha system? I can speak from experience and then I can give you my suggestion. Sure. So I am still a paper, I'm still a paper person. I like to be able to pick up that piece of paper to know that I have it. Because the thing is, if everything is on a computer, you really don't have control over that. And that computer um, can crash so, <laughs> and you lose everything. And the computer can crash. Yeah. Right. So there's a couple of ways that you can do it. I normally always like to have a paper copy. But when you have a paper copy, make sure you have decluttered so that you only have what's needed. And then you can uh, scan those documents and keep them on a USB. Mm. And you can put it in the safety deposit box that you have at your local institution, or it could be in your home. So that way you have the two systems going. 
Now, the beauty about keeping the paper copy is if there is an emergency, at least your next of kin can access it. If it's at the bank and they need it 2 o'clock in the morning or even if they need it 3 o'clock in the afternoon, if, they are on not, if they're not on file to have access to that safe deposit box, then there's no point in you keeping it because nobody can access it, right? right? So I generally like to have it in two places. Makes sense. I like that. That's excellent. How long do you think we should keep the paper bills? Okay, so we talked, you did mention uh, earlier on about only using it for maybe getting rid of it after a year or so. But bills, we all need to keep our bills and receipts, um, whether we need to exchange or something like that. How long is it recommended to keep like the bills or insurance, taxes and so forth? Okay, so let's simplify this. If I go grocery shopping, Right. If I think I might need to return something, then I'll keep the bill until the store policy end date. So if the store policy end date is within two days or seven days of your purchase, you can't return. Well, there's no need for you to keep it after that. True. Right. The other thing, too, a lot of times you don't need to keep the bill because if you go back with the debit card, as long as you use a debit card or credit card to make purchases, uh, the, the store can actually validate that the item was actually purchased there. They can also uh, validate it based on the UPC number, the number that's there. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's one thing. The second thing is it depends on the document. So, for example, for your taxes, you should realistically keep your taxes for seven years after the following date. But the government, really, they can go back beyond seven years if they think there was a fraud that was committed. Right? Mm-hmm. In most cases... Canadians are not going to be committing fraud. The average Canadian is not going to live their life to commit fraud. So the key is keep that seven-day rule, like, you know, the seventh day, there's seven days of the week. Keep that seven-day rule in place. Um, when it comes to utility bills, I don't keep utility bills. I pay garbage. I still get it in the mail, and I demand that I get it in the mail. I don't need to send it to me by email. I want you to send it to me in the mail because I need to see physically what I'm paying, so I know that I've paid what I should pay. Now, some people, they're leaning more towards, you know, the paperless society. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just not there yet. Okay. I'm not there yet. Because if my internet is not working and I need to check something, now I have to wait until that is all figured out. Um, yeah. Insurance papers, you keep that all the time. So if you have life insurance, you keep that forever. Okay? Unless the policy has been canceled. Your car insurance paper, when you get the, the new renewal, you know, just confirm that all the, the benefits that you had on that old policy was transferred over, okay? Um, your social insurance, so for example, your social insurance, your um, health card, um, your passport, your citizenship, what I would suggest is that those original documents, you photocopy the information, you store the original, in somewhere safe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then you hang that just-in-case file binder where you just have copies of it because you don't need to always have the physical copy with you all the time. Um, but sometimes you need to reference the number, right? Um, your vehicle ownership, you need to keep that if you've made big purchases. So let's say you were doing a, a don't pay until 2022 or if you're in the middle of a home purchase or a car purchase, you need to keep those documents until you've completed that transaction 
and until you are no longer the owner of those items. Um, and again, you're going to sort it into uh, short-term access and long-term access. So long-term access will be something like your home ownership. You don't need to look at that paper every year other than when you get the annual anniversary statement. Once a year, you take a look at it. Okay, I pay down some of my mortgage. Okay, the number looks right. Then you file it. In the short term, you yeah. can keep like your bill, mm-hmm. right? Your monthly bill. Mm-hmm. And after you've paid it, shred it. Like, and if you don't have a shredder, get a bucket of water and just put the paper in there. And that's an automatic shredder. Oh, really? That's a good mm-hmm. idea. That's neat. Yeah. I don't yeah. have a paper shredder. So yeah. definitely yeah, I'll be using it. By shredder. Yeah, that's an excellent <laughs> idea. You know, Karen, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Um, I know I got the opportunity to do quite a bit of decluttering when I moved. And that seems to be a, a great time for people to declutter. But prior to that, I realized I had built my very first uh, contract for my lease for my apartment. And I held on to that, I'm going to say, well over 20 years. Those are things that you're talking about that we really just didn't need to have. And I just had things like that uh, accumulated for no reason other than, I don't know, maybe it was a keepsake. That That's how much I paid way back when. <laughs> so I listened to you. I really need to go ahead and do some serious decluttering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what, Kathleen, another way to do an automatic declutter, you and I know, you know, we like our home to look nice. Yeah. You know, not extravagant, but nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just go to Home Depot, buy a bucket of paint and say, you know what, I just want to change the room in a different color. Mm-hmm. And so to change the room to a different color, you got to move stuff around. Right. Once you start moving stuff around, you're like, hmm, oh, I didn't know I had that. Okay? You're and right. even when you reorganize, um, one of the tips I share with clients, okay, if you're not sure how many of your books, and that's probably one of the questions that you have for me, yeah. how many of the books that you need to keep, organize them on your bookcase by color. Hmm. That's a good idea. If you do by color, because I did that the other day and I realized I had three of the same book. Really? I'm like, oh, <laughs> how do I get three of this? You know, you get one and somebody else gives you one and you thought you didn't have it and then you go out and buy it. You're like, oh, great, I have three books. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty unique. I like that. Yeah. Organize. Yeah. Most people organize their books by how it looks on the bookshelf, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, watch a lot of these home and garden decorated and they try to mimic. No, no, no. Organize mm-hmm. your book on your bookshelf by color. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have. And now you know what you need to get rid of. Right. That's excellent. I like that. I like that. So, you know, we've all been to school and even young people, people who are in school right now, you accumulate school notes um, uh, that you've taken or you've taken kept journals I know I for one have always kept journals and handwritten notes that you've written to people uh, photo albums and things like that does there come a time when we should part with them and how do we decide what to get rid of okay that's a really good question um can I tell a family to get rid of their pictures no that wouldn't be right but what I can say to you is put it in some kind of order, right? Um, the other day when I was doing some painting, I realized I had um, photo album books. And I've had these books for like 30 years. Wow. And they, there's some beautiful pictures in there. 
of our family and myself growing up, and they're beautiful and adorable, but I have five of them, and they're not full. Hmm. So I said to myself, well, Kim, why do you need to keep all these albums? Why don't you put them all in one album or just put them in a photo album book or just get a box and put them in there? And so said, so done. So when it comes to the pictures, it really depends on how sentimental that is to you. Um, I can't see myself throwing out a picture of my family. So probably, and this is not in an offensive way, but I will easily throw out or call somebody and say, hey, I have this picture of you and so-and-so, you know, I just thought I would share this with you. So that's my way of getting rid of it, right? Mm, good because idea. it's not nice to throw your friend yeah. in the garbage. Because yeah. really, that's what you're doing with the pictures. Like, you know, you get all these thank you pictures. And I'm not saying if you got a thank you picture from my wedding, you should throw this garbage. But you get all these thank you little pictures and they're like lined up in your house in the cars. I'm like, well, why don't you just crop what you need, which is a picture of the actual person, and then just get rid of all the other stuff that it's sitting in, right? Um, you can scan the picture and then just store the picture. I was just right? going to say, again, um, we could do a digital photo album, like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to schoolwork, I'm, I'm, I have to admit with this one here. I was teaching for a number of years and I kept my notes just in case I needed it for next year for another student. Right. Right. To assist them. Right. Like I went, I did a lot of schooling and I kept my notes just in case (laughs) I need it. And I'm like, Karen, you have not touched these notes over 10 years. Please like just in case you need it. You don't need it because you haven't touched it. Plus the internet is there and the internet got a lot of information on there. So even recently when there was some painting in the house, I closed my eyes and I took all my study notes. I took all my instructor notes and I put it in the garbage. Right. Because hmm. I'm like, Karen, you're never going to use this again. Now, before I did that, there's a student that's working with me. I know the courses he's taken and I took some notes. The ones that I know that will help him to get through the course. And I say, Hey, I want to share these notes with you. And everything else, I'm like, Karen, just just put it in the shredder bin. The books, everything, right? Um, some of the books I gave to him because I had certain sections that was highlighted that will give him those extra marks, right? But other than that, if you can't put it to the goodwill, you know, obviously look to see if there's any personal information, close your eyes and put it in the recycle. Because if you don't do it now, if you have to move, you're going to have to do it, mm-hmm. right? Sure. If a family member has to come into your home, now they're going to see everything and some things you probably don't want them to see. So the key is get rid of it. Journaling, I think I think that could be another um, question, right? Journals, like how long do you keep your journals for? My form of journaling is a notebook. For me, I can't function without a notebook. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. feeling right now as we're doing the call, I have a notebook. Because if you say something that I need to follow up on or if a thought comes to my mind in terms of if I do something, I don't write stuff on a sheet of paper because I won't know where that paper is. So I keep that journal, right? And then what I do at the end of the year, I go through the book and I say, okay, what information might I need that could come back, right? So whether it's personal, 
a work related, I just have one notebook and I go through it. I'm like, yeah, I think I probably might need this. So I put a sticky note there. I keep it for one year. And if in year two, I don't need to go back to it. Those pages where I kept the sticky note on, I just rip it out and I just keep it. And the book I just put in the garbage because mm-hmm. I don't need it. True. Makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm an avid uh, Franklin Covey user like before. Yeah. And the Franklin Covey, I don't know if you're familiar with Franklin Covey's calendar. No, not at all. I can't go, yeah, check it out. It's, they're really good if you, you're in, used to the paper calendar. I used to keep those calendars for years. So if you want to know what I did in 1998 on June the 22nd, I can tell you what I did. All right. Because I had a day timer, and at the bottom I had the notes, and I had the two. I had everything. And then when moving again, I'm like, ah, you know what, Karen, like, the calendar, yeah, they cost a lot of money, but really, truly, you haven't looked back at this calendar. So I shredded it, and I've never had to look back at it. Okay, okay. Well, thanks for that. That was great information. You know, while you were talking, it came to me that um, although they're different, uh, decluttering, is it possible that if we're not careful, can lead into hoarding? Oh, speaking of absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um and I know some days I feel like I'm a hoarder because you go to a store and it's like, okay, you need a pair of shoes. Before you know it, you come home with like three pairs of shoes because it's the same price as the one pair of shoes. Like seriously, Karen, you didn't really save any money because if it's on sale and when you add it up, you bought three items to so the price of the regular item. Right. Now you're hoarding three pairs of shoes when you can only wear one at a time, exactly, right? right. Um, I've been in clients' homes where I'm like, okay, uh, okay, so okay. Where, where where do I start, right? Like, okay. where do I sit, right? right? I've been in one home where I didn't even have a spot to sit, but I found a spot to sit, and then, unfortunately, I had to use a washroom, and I couldn't not use the washroom. And even go into the washroom, which I had to go up the stairs to the washroom, I'm like, okay, 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 <laughs> right? So we have to be careful mm-hmm. as we, um, as the Lord has blessed us, I think I can say this on the call, as the Lord has blessed us with the opportunity to earn more income, we have to be careful that we accumulate more things in the home, which leads to more clutter. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Clutter could be hidden in the attic. It could be hidden in the basement. Uh, for those of you who have garage that you don't park your car in because there's stuff in there, that's the form of clutter. That's a form of flooding, right? The purpose of the garage is just to park your car, right? Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. You know, I have um, picked up the habit of, if I haven't worn something in a year, chances are I'm not going to wear it again. So... I will get rid of that. I mean, I know we're talking about paper clutter, but, you know, it kind of leaks into Mm -hmm. your clothing, your wardrobe Mm -hmm. also. And I think that kind of work that's been working for me, for me personally. I don't like mess. I like to see things light. So when you see for for me, when I see paper that's not in its place, it kind of leaves me edgy. And I have to try and find a place for it because I like to see my place just neat and tidy. And Mm -hmm. clutter is... So decluttering definitely um, is something that I will be looking to do with the paper, uh, the pictures that you talked about, getting a box and putting them all in. I think that's an excellent idea. And the whole journaling and, you know, making sure these are things that you don't necessarily need. 
uh, after a year. I like that, what you shared with us. Yeah. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that uh, maybe we should know on to regarding decluttering before we move into the next area? Okay. So one of the ways in which I personally have started to declutter, because I like to work on different projects, right? Like I'm very a multi-task person, but what I was finding this year is that I was just doing too much. Okay. Uh, so what I did, I went into Dollar Tree mm-hmm. and I bought a block. It's for three dollars and fifty cents, it's called a bucket list. One hundred and one things I want to do with my one wild and precious life. I didn't even realize I had that at the bottom. Okay, <laughs> so it goes from a one hundred. Sorry, it goes from one to one hundred. So what you do, you list the things that you want to accomplish for this year or for the next six months or whatever. You just list them from one to. 100 mm-hmm. and for each of them there's a one page that's devoted to each item so one of the things that i wrote is i do skin cream right so I, i'm like okay karen you've been working on this for a while you touch it you leave it you touch it you leave it you're all over the place okay karen so for today that's what you're going to work on so i wrote down what i need to get done and believe it or not i got it done and i put a check mark i also want to work on a cookbook and I come up with these crazy recipes that are all in my head. So I wrote down, okay, by September the 30th, I want to finish writing my cookbook. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't write it down, and it's great to have it in a computer. If you're computerish, go ahead for the computerish. But whatever it is that you're doing, do it consistently. So just to tie off the section here, for those of you who are struggling with decluttering, just say to yourself, okay, I'm going to work on this one room for today. Not room two, not room three, not the kitchen, not the bathroom. The one room. And go through that one room. And if you're having trouble moving around in the one room because you're so much stuff, then call a friend. Your friend will help you (laughs) declutter. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, Yeah, call a friend. Right? And call a friend like a Kathleen that doesn't like clutter. Right? (laughs) Um, when I work with my clients, if I see, like, sometimes I go to their home, well, before COVID, obviously, and they bring out all these statements, and I'm like, okay, 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 Karen. So I'll say to the client, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Clients, what's your permission? Can I share something with you? They'll be like, okay, go ahead. Okay. Now, I'm going to explain to you what these documents are, and I'm also going to share with you why you actually don't need... Okay, no, 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 I need it just in case. Because I have clients where they write down when they actually receive the letter in the mail. So they write it on the envelope. And I'm like, okay, but you don't need this. And if you actually do need it, why don't we just take out the last two years of whatever you received in the mail? So this pile is going to be our pile to keep. Right. And this pile is going to be a shredded pile. In other words, when I come back to meet with you, here's my complimentary binder. I want you to always take out that binder. And so far, they've been pretty consistent. I have one client, we had three boxes of paper hmm. that we had to shred in one appointment. Three boxes. Wow. So, so can you imagine if someone or your family member had to come into your home now and actually take care of you and you had all those papers? they got to go through all those papers to figure out what's what. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I used to do a lot of teaching. 
So I had like, every time I taught a class, I had like, you know, a set of the whiteboard markers and then I'll have pens and pencils and, and, and digitates and binders and folders and papers. You want school supplies? I had it all for you because I had it all the time. And last year I'm like, okay, this, this is, this is, this is crazy. So what I did, I just got a bin, I filled it and I went straight to Mission Thrift Store. It's a Christian store that takes things. I just went there and I'm like, guys, here. Mm-hmm. I felt so good. I bet, yeah. Because I thought I needed another pen. I actually don't need another pen. In <laughs> fact, when if I give you my pen to use, most of the time I just say keep it because I don't need another pen. I don't need another binder. I don't need another book. Right. So good information there, Karen. Um, I guess we should work on one room at a time, as you've said. I, I would add, break it down into bite sizes. One room, one section mm-hmm. of that room and work your way around mm-hmm. in that room. And if it's overwhelming, then, you know, call someone who's not afraid to declutter, like you said. Moving along mm-hmm. to the next phase of our life is uh, will be retirement and caring for um, our aging parents, you know, and understanding their needs as well as mine. Um, well, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm not moving into retirement, but that will be the next phase that, of my life that I will be transitioning into the next uh, 10 years or so. Talk us through that because that is a lot to deal with all by itself there. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it, it is. it is a lot. Should we even have a plan as as we enter into retirement? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you need to do for those of you who have parents that are moving into that phase where they, you know, the scripture says, I think the scripture actually did say that once a man tries to like a child, well, we paraphrase it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of your parents. Right. So the first thing you need to do is get yourself all sorted out, okay? So if I'm 50, 55, I've got probably another 10, 15 years before society says I'm in retirement. But a lot of people, doesn't, they don't realize that retirement is not about the money, it's about the lifestyle, right? Because there's so many people, they've got tons of money, but they have no lifestyle. Right. So what exactly is retirement? Retirement is basically doing what you want to do when you want to do it with no limit. No limit in the sense that I am not bound by this nine to five or this eight to four hours. Right? Um, when we look at retirement as it relates to our parents and parents, if you're listening to this call, anyone that's a parent, Please ensure that anything or most of the things that you have struggled with emotionally, do your best to get help for it. Because as you move into retirement, a lot of what's inside of you comes out, and sometimes you will frustrate your adult children. Mm -hmm. And in frustrating your adult children, now they're looked upon as the bad person, right? So try and get the help for it. And if you can't, just do a lot of praying, but you also need to do the work. Now, parents for our aging parents, what we have to do is have the discussion with them as they grow gracefully. Right. Do they want to mm-hmm. stay in the comfort of their own home? Or would you as a son or a daughter or a daughter-in-law, because, you know, the spouse is up to be, 
would they welcome them into their children's home? And if they do, what are some of the guidelines? Because mom and dad may not do things the way you do it. And if you put them in a separate area, they may feel that you're keeping them separate from the family, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's um, lots of organizations out there that will educate you as children or adult children of how to approach and how to take care of your parents as they move into retirement. Now, what does retirement look like for you as a child? Retirement should not look like uh, a world of confusion and stress. So if your parents want to stay in North York, but you want to move to BC, you've got to have that conversation with your parents because you know, you're not necessarily around forever, neither are your parents. And if you stick around in North York where you can barely survive, that's because your parents want you there. Well, you can say to mom and dad, well, mom and dad, I don't, I'm not able to financially able to support my family sticking around here. So you're going to have to like help me out with some money, right? right? And if you're not able to help me out with some money, mom, well, you know what? I got to move, but guess what? I put everything in place for you and I will come back every three, four months. Mm -hmm. Like we have to have those hard conversations with our parents and sometimes they'll agree. Other times they won't. And other times they'll be like, you know what? I did all this for you as a parent and you know, you're abandoned. No, I'm not abandoning you. I'm just living in a real world with real issues and real commitment. Mm -hmm. Right. True, true. So retirement is very multifaceted. It can be very simplified. You can simplify it, or you can make it complex, right? Most of us, we didn't live our lives here to have it complicated when we get older, right? So should you have a plan? Absolutely. And the plan should be in writing. You know, at age really? 55, I plan to do this. Okay, okay. At age 55, I plan to do this. Because if I'm 65, I'm assuming my parents are 80, and then eventually they're 90, and if they're still around at 90, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of your parents. True. Yeah, definitely. So I'm fumbling here because I'm thinking about what you said about, you know, yes, have a plan and put it in writing. I didn't think it was something that needed to be put in writing, but I, I guess it makes sense. No. And the thing is, if your mom and dad or your mom or dad or both, mm -hmm. um, having your, your parents being around other seniors, like a really nice adult senior building, is a good thing. Yeah. Right? It, it is, a, trust me, it's a good thing because, you know, sometimes they just need somebody to talk to. They can just go downstairs in the lobby. Right. And there's another person that's got, you know, similar conversations. Right. Like yeah. You know, the, having that conversation also brings up this is so much, so much needs to take place in that one because if you have in-laws um, that you don't get along with, then do you really want to bring them into your home? You know, right. and then you might have that conversation between you and your husband where your husband wants his mother to come in, but you and your the mother mm -hmm. have that conflict. So there's some some, some serious decisions mm -hmm. to make in that area. And, yeah. you know, I know as uh, uh, black people, we like to keep our parents um, with us because that's the way we've grown up with extended family mm -hmm. uh, so definitely I can see there's some challenges that, well it could have challenges 
depends on how complex your family uh, life is. Right. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, you know what, Kathleen? Mm-hmm. Really speaking, there's certain things that, you know, yes, as wives or, or girlfriends, you know, we should be able to say, okay, you know what, I can live with that. But there's certain things that you shouldn't have to live with. Right. Right? It doesn't matter who it is. Like, you shouldn't have to have your in-laws coming into your home and now being a motherly figure to a husband that should be a husband to the wife, if right. you get what I'm saying. Right, right. Or vice versa. Sure, sure. Right? Um, sometimes you have parents who try to relive the life that they didn't have when they're now with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you have to set you have to set the boundaries with 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 respect. Sure. And some elderly parents, they just don't get it. They won't get it. And you just have to explain to them, like, you know, mom, dad, you know what? We brought you here because we want you in our home to be a part of our family. We love you. But at the same time, there are certain things. Please don't do this. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Like, 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 don't. You know, my mm-hmm. husband and I or my wife and I, we have a conflict. Please don't call so-and-so and tell them. <laughs> yes. Right. Right? What happens in the house stays in the yeah. house. Right. What happens in the house stays in the house. And yeah, sometimes, you know, you need to vent. But if you're venting to make him look bad or you're venting to make her look bad, now you need to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're not you're not you're not functioning now as part of the family. You're functioning now to divide the family. Yes. And we don't want any division in our home. Mm-hmm. Especially when it was a peaceful home before you arrived. You mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then is that at this point now, should you be looking at putting power of attorney in place for you is that part of the conversation that you'll be looking at having with your parents at this time or not yet it, it, it depends because the power of attorney it should be in place before you have the conversation right about the parents coming to the home because you don't want it to look like oh yeah we're going to do poa now because they're coming into the house sure right? sure exactly right <laughs> you know what i mean Okay, if the POA is only about the house and somebody else's POA for the money, then that's fine. But if the POA is about the money, you know, if 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 that's what it is about, okay, sure. But let's I'll just pretend I'm your mom. I'm just gonna live it. I know I need about fifteen hundred dollars to live every month. So I'm gonna set up my POA so when you go to the bank you can't touch anything more than fifteen hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. So now I, I could never accuse you of abusing that privilege because there are limits. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I'm in my right frame of mind, you're not going to be doing, you're not going to be using the POA anyway, right? Now, exactly. that's different from being on joint account. In fact, just before our call, I printed a case uh, that the lawyer that I work with sent to me and I was just chuckling, right? You know, you're joint on with your parents and before you know it, it's not the parents' bank account, it's your bank account right. because you, mm-hmm. you use it excessively. Right. It was a court case in 2016. Mm-hmm. Right. So POA should be in place. It's a conversation that should happen before the parents come inside the home. And when they're inside the home, if you're having a conversation, make sure you let them know you're not having it just because they're there. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Some good information there. So any other last words regarding uh, the next phase in retirement and your aging parents before we move into our final topic? Um, you know, encourage your parents to get their papers in order, like everything, 
right? Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, everything. Do they have do they have property outside of Canada? Are they heirs to family members' property? You know? Are they POA? Are they executor on somebody else's file? Like they've gotta be very transparent with you. Are they in a second, third, fourth marriage? Or are there any kind of agreement? Is there any funds coming from those previous marriages? Like mm-hmm. the transparency's gotta be there because sometimes parents they're a little bit secretive because they're not sure if they can trust their children, right? Well, if you can't trust one of the five you have, well, then who can you mm-hmm, trust? Yeah. Go, go outside the family, right? But let the main caregiver, if it's Kathleen or whoever it is, make sure they're not blindsided with the process because it just makes for a more stressful relationship. And um, yeah, very true. And I guess this is no harm at this time too as the child to the adult child to confirm that your parents have their just in case files and all those um, bits that they should have had that they should have all that in place too right because anything could happen yeah anything can happen you can go out um, you can go outside and not come back in right yeah (laughs) so true and 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 it you know when things happen in life when disease hits in life when death hits in life the disease don't say, okay, well, you're two years old, I'm not going to touch you. Or you're 97 years old, I'm not going to touch you. It, it, there's no discrimination when it comes to sickness and death. Yeah. Um, and, and so in life, we have to stop making excuses for the things that we really should be taking care of so that we are not putting our family members in a stressful situation. It's not fair. And I tell clients this, and I don't polish it. I'm like, listen, it's great that you have it all organized, that I'm on the outside looking in. This is not organization. This is confusion. Mm-hmm. You've got fifty different file. You've got fifty different file folders, nicely labeled. There's an emergency now. I got to go through all of them to figure out what's what. No, no, no. Have one sheet of paper that says this is this, this is this, if this happens, do this. If I need additional information, now I can go into your file folders. But the beauty about it, for those who have a trusted advisor, like one advisor that they work exclusively with, I can almost assure you if it's a solid advisor, they have everything already documented for the client. Okay. I'm taking a pretty high net worth client through this process since like last year. I'm like, okay, please, we need to get this thing done now because we start, we stop. Life happens, COVID, I'm like, okay, COVID happens, but guess what? COVID doesn't affect what we're doing right now. What we're doing right now is pen, paper, and commitment. Right? Mm, exactly. Pen, paper, and commitment has nothing to do with COVID. Yeah, so no. get a pen, get a paper, yeah. and let's just commit to it. Exactly. So I pinned the client down about five weeks ago. And I'm like, okay, we're 90%. We're finally done. He's like, hey, my Karen, do you know how good I feel? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I bet. I actually feel better than you because I'll have to deal with this again with you. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to all my friends and family to talk to you. I'm like, no, if they're like you, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. <laughs> wow. wow. He's like, it, it's just, he's never had to do this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Karen, all the years I've dealt with an advisor, I never had to do this. I'm like, pretend I'm not white. He's <laughs> uh. <laughs> the one that says, hey, you got to get it done. Yeah. And even family members in Florida, we're looking at their stuff to say, okay, well, you have everything, but it's like all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. So he's like, Karen, you know, how much do I owe you? And I said, you owe me your commitment to be a, a good client that listens. That's it. 
right? So we're good, right? Yeah. So the client even has my phone number. He don't call me for stuff. He's like, Karen, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like, okay, here's my opinion. Okay, <laughs> right, right. That's good to know. Very good. You know, um, earlier on, you just mentioned something that there were some organizations that actually help families to get things in order in in regards to making decisions could you um give me some names of the organizations if you don't have them now you can always send them so i can share them yeah i get silver sherpa what was that one silver silver s-i-l-v-e-r right sherpa s-h-e-r-p as in peter a a sherpa okay yeah, Silver Sherpa. Silver Sherpa. Okay, got that. Awesome. Great. Thank you. So, you know, after retire, well, before retirement, we, you know, working, we're looking at always having a good benefits package with the company that we're working for. And uh, help us go through that. You mentioned here that it's extremely important to make sure that we're in a good group's benefit package. What are some of the surprises that um, can arise if we were not? Okay. Okay. All right. So we're all in a pandemic-like environment right yeah. now, right? right? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us, it, it hit us by surprise. It did. Yes, right? It a did. lot of us, whether or not we want to admit it. Because I... For one, you know, when I heard about this COVID, I kind of brushed it off. I'm like, ah, for the first three weeks, I did nothing. Because I'm like, okay, this raw, raw, raw will pass. And, mm-hmm. then, and after three weeks, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this is not passing. Okay, okay, this seems like it's scriptural. Okay, last day. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking of all these things that I heard, you know, growing up in church, okay, in the last days, perilous times will come, and, you know, men will be lovers of this and yeah. that, and mm-hmm. wars and wars and wars. I'm like, okay, is this what it is, right? And then I realized that there are so many families that will lose everything that they've worked for all their life. There's business owners who've lost their livelihood. There are employees that thought they had something and they realized they don't. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I have one of my clients, and I can share this publicly because they're okay with it. Um, no name. Uh, we've been talking about, please, can you... Get me access to your group plan online. Let me take a look at it. Because what you're telling me you have is not, I don't believe you have that. No, 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 Karen. I'm sure. That's what they told me. I read it. I'm like, okay. It doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this individual um, sent me a text and said, Karen, we can't meet again because I'm in the hospital. I'm like, huh? Oh, wow. You're in the hospital? Yeah, it, it, it's one of those situations when you wished if you could have just done it for them, you would have done it. So unfortunately, this particular client um, in hospital with an illness that medical benefits outside of OF doesn't cover because mm-hmm. the benefits was very simple benefits, right? Now, the first thing you need to do if you're working for an employer with group benefits, take the benefits booklet. So whether it's in hard copy or online. Don't focus so much on what it actually covers. Look at what it doesn't cover. Because when you need it, it's not what it covers that's important. It's what it doesn't cover. Because what it covers, it's going to cover it no matter what. It's what it doesn't cover. So, for example, cancer. 
a lot of group plans don't cover certain medications for cancer. A lot of group plans don't cover family members over 21 years old because they're assuming they're either in school or working, and if they're not in school, they're not covered, right? Mm -hmm. So your medical benefits, especially in this pandemic, this environment that we're in, it's important for you to understand what you have. Yeah. And, and it's important for you to take those extra dollars and close that gap. Because if you don't close the gap and this environment continues and something medically serious happens, you could lose your life savings because it's a matter of life or death. Right. right? So how do you close um, the gap? Sorry. <laughs> how do, how, am I jumping? You might be telling us. How do you close the gap there? I, do you put more money into your plan or do you get a different plan that covers those what things? What you do mm-hmm. is group plans have limits. Why? Because everyone that's worked within the first three months you can apply for group benefits and you don't have to prove anything right. they take good bad and ugly when it comes to their health sure. so I could be on the verge of dying and as long as I'm physically at work and I'm able to do my job I'm covered so you're not going to get the best plan in most plans it's not the best mm-hmm. so one of the ways to close that is to have your own plan outside because if you're one of the ones that has lost your job during the pandemic, after one, two years, eventually, let's assume, you know, things slowly get back and now they see the window to terminate you, your benefits may be good for like one year while you're on layoff. And then after you have no benefits, if you're not working with somebody who can say, no, 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 you can keep those benefits, but just pay out of pocket and add to it, right? Mm-hmm. So for myself, I have group benefits on both ends from spouse, for myself. I could have canceled mine long time ago because it costs a lot of money, but I'm like, you know what, Karen? Keep it. You, you're not going hungry every month, keep it. And I also have something outside of that. Why? Because guess what? My group plan is not guaranteed. My spouse's group plan is not guaranteed, but what's guaranteed is the one I'm paying out of my pocket because it's not attached to an employer. Right. Okay? Yeah. That's for the group plan. The other part of group plan is your pension. It's important that you understand the distinction between a group uh, defined benefit plan and a defined contribution plan. And there's a big distinction. The the fund benefit plan, regardless of how that investment does, the employer has to give you what they promise. So if they say, we're going to give you $500,000 if you decide to take that plan when you retire, or we promise to give you $6,000 of income every month after you retire, they have to give that to you, regardless of what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's what you call the defined benefit plan. So those are good for, you know, teachers have those plans. Government workers have your plans. There's certain companies you have those plans with. A lot of companies don't offer that anymore. The defined contribution plan, whatever you contribute and the employer contributes, whatever it's worth at that end, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. So if you thought you were going to get 5000 a month, and now it's down to 2000 because the investments didn't do so well. Mm. It is 2000 It's important. 
It's also important for you to understand when you combine the group benefits in terms of the medical plus your investments or whatever it is, if there's an end date. Is there an end date to your benefits? A lot of people think, well, you know, I have my group plan and when I retire, I keep getting my medical plan. No, read the fine print. It could be good up until age 70. So, for example, most plans, if your life insurance is one time your salary, most of the time, by the time you hit 70, it's 50% and then it drops down to 10 grand. Okay, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. So, take the time. Like COVID gave us lots of opportunities in terms of time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. What we should have been doing, and if we haven't done that, is the things that are important to you, which is basically the dignity of which you will continue to live after your retirement, take the time now to get those things in order, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to miss out if you didn't take the last text from your friend that says, oh, yeah, by the way, Trump is going crazy again. You're not going to miss out if you miss a phone call. At the end of the day, do you have your stuff in order and do you understand? Most of the group advisors at your workplace, they're not going to sit there and explain it to you because they themselves don't understand it, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to work with your advisor or whoever it is that you're working with. Okay, well, can you explain to me what this really means? What exactly does this mean when I leave at 70? What this means is that you have nothing. Really? I have nothing? Yeah. It says at the end of retirement, up to age 70. Another way to look at it is if you're married, if you didn't come home last night, don't assume that your spouse gets 100% of your pension because most of the time they don't. They get about 60% of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get nothing. If you choose that option where it says life pay, if it's life pay pension, life pay pension means when your life is no longer there, there's no more pension for your loved one. That's what a life pay means. Okay. If it's like a term, if it's like a term certain, if it's for 10 years and you lived for eight years, your spouse will get two years payment and then that's it. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's so important for us to take that time to educate ourselves and not only educate, but look at what you have and see what it means. You know, don't, don't answer questions generically because your generic answer is not relevant to what you currently have. Mm-hmm. So the assumption that a lot of people make is that, oh, yeah, I have group benefits. You have teachers and doctors and lawyers and accountants. I don't have to worry about all that stuff. Everything is covered. Really? Take the time to read. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself and know what you what you have for yourself. You know, listening to you, I feel that just as we all have doctors, that we all should really invest in having an advisor. Because you're, you know, you really help make your our lives more focused, and I have an understanding of our money and how we're managing our money. You know, doctors take care of our health. You help us take care of our money, right? Absolutely. Well, think of a lawyer. Do you think a lawyer is a lawyer for themselves? They have somebody else take care of their stuff. Mm-hmm, that's true. Mm-hmm. A doctor, a dentist doesn't clean his own teeth. Yeah, very true. Point taken. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, very mm-hmm. true. Well said, Karen. Yeah. And the reason, like, you will notice sometimes when I'm talking, even when I'm talking generally to people, I'm, like, so passionate about this thing, and they're looking at me as if I'm crazy. No, I'm not crazy. When you have walked in the shoes that I have walked in with some of these families, and you realize 
all they needed to have done is to listen to the right people with mm-hmm. the right information and do the right thing. A lot of what's happening in our homes, with our local churches, with families, it's unnecessary. We can't help the next generation if we haven't put in place right. things for ourselves mm-hmm. today. You, you can't. There are some communities that they, they do 10 times over, 100 times over, because they're doing the right thing for the sixth generation, not for the next generation, but for the sixth, seventh, eighth generation. Mm-hmm. And this has nothing to do with culture. It has to do with being responsible as an adult to put things in place, take the time to read so that you understand. And when you don't understand, ask the right questions and redirect our energies into the right places so that we can have a better world. We can't have a better world if our homes are in chaos. True. Yeah. Right. So that almost sounds like a sermon, (laughs) but you know what? We have to be a little bit more responsible when it comes to our group plans, when it comes to um, retirement and when it comes to decluttering stuff. Very true. Right. Yeah. We really do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I just wanted to uh, confirm with you, in regards to the group's benefits package, we don't really have much control of what the company, our employer is offering in that package. Um, so you're saying in addition to what they are offering is that we need to have our own um, plan on top of that, correct? Yes and no. Yes and no in the sense that if it's a really, really good plan, and one of the ways to know if it's a good plan, you know, if you have an advisor, have the advisor go through it because we have softwares where we can put everything and we can show you what the, the potential gap could be later on, right? Or have someone, if you have a friend or a family member that's done well for themselves, you know, ask their their opinion, right? Um, if you are, you know, high commodity in terms of your occupation, negotiate a better plan. Okay. There's nothing wrong with asking for more. Okay. We don't have to accept what they're offering, you're saying, especially. Nope. If, okay. And even if you accept it, the actual plan, make sure you ask for more salary and use that salary to fund your retirement right. ahead of schedule. Some good advice there. Some really good information. The um, last time that you were here and we had a conversation, got a lot of feedback that the information that you shared was very, very simple and easy to understand. And I know I'm going to hear the same uh, response regarding this podcast because mm-hmm. you've just made it so simple, Karen, that, I mean, I think even a 15-year-old could turn around and understand what it is that you're sharing with us today. So I want to thank right. you so much um, for coming back on and, you know, helping us get through some of these challenges, some of these things that we just don't pay attention to in our lives. You know, mm-hmm. one thing that um, you've left with me again is, you know, being responsible, being responsible in our retirement uh, planning in our with our group benefits and also you know in decluttering we don't need to keep every single piece of paper there and mm-hmm. you know that's been really very helpful for me personally and i want to thank you for that you know before we mm-hmm. end today is there any uh, last words that you would like to share with the audience today um what i'd like to share with the audience is you know i know we talked about a lot of things today What I want to challenge you with today is pick one thing you want to work on. 
So if that one thing is decluttering, just pick that one thing and set an end date to say, okay, by the end of August, I will do this. I will just organize my paper. Okay. Because the information is good and it's not because I'm presenting it. It's good because it actually works, but it only Mm -hmm. works if you actually do it. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. You have some families where they keep nothing. So if you step in to try to help them, you don't have a clue what to do. Why? Because it's all in their head. You know, some of that good head knowledge that you have, put it on paper so that your loved one knows you care enough to make things simple for them. Right. Right. Um, So if there's nothing else that you learned from today, just be accountable to yourself. Be accountable mm-hmm. to yourself because at the end of the day, you don't want to be on this earth. And when you're gone, the only thing that we can talk about is, oh, Karen was just so complicated. There's <laughs> nothing in place. She just left like a, a mess for us. That's not what you want right, right. people to say yeah. about you. Mm-hmm. What you want people to say about, you know what? Karen was a tough cookie. She was a nice lady. And you know what? She even made it more beautiful for her family. Because she left things so simple. Right. That's a great send off as opposed to, you know, we couldn't even find this and we went here and we found this and we didn't know she had. No. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There's and... so many free tools out there on the Internet that you can use. But if you're using something, use it consistently. And one of the ways to do something consistently is to do it for 21 days. That's right. The just-in-case file, it's like gold. It's free gold. Try it. Use it. It actually does work. It sure does. You know, I have put that in place. And definitely thank you for that. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you, Karen. It was great speaking with you today. And I know my guests have definitely, not only have they learned one or two, but they've got a lot of tips to take away from today's uh, podcast. So thank you again, Karen. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow, wasn't that great information? Karen really knows her stuff. If you would like to connect with Karen, her contact information will be in the description section of this podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. We are all truly blessed and have so much to be grateful for and give thanks that every day should be Thanksgiving. So enjoy your day and once again, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed the topic and found something that you can apply to your own life. Don't forget to share this episode with your family and friends. And remember, live well daily. Thank you.